Hey everyone, welcome to Education Beyond the Classroom. I'm your host, Allison Schaefer, with a bonus episode about cartels. On Friday, I left you kind of hanging with talking about the different cartels in Mexico that are pretty darn powerful. I talked about the Sinaloa and the Jalisco New Generation. So those two, you guys, are still in place and extremely powerful. Um, according to what I'm reading from BBC, um, the uh, Haliesco, the um, hmm, is it? Yeah, new generation one actually is expanding because the two that I'm going to talk about have kind of disbanded, but I want to tell you about them because you want to get a history of how these cartels came in and what happens and they fight they do their turf wars and stuff. So this cartel I'm talking about is called the Gulf Cartel, and it is the northeast part of Mexico, and it's one of the oldest um, criminal groups in Mexico that went back to the 1980s. Um, <clears throat> it was known for their trafficking of cocaine and marijuana, into none other than us, the United States. And they were also thought to have smuggled heroin and amphetamines, and they kind of had an ally um, and worked closely with the cartels in Colombia. So by the 90s, though, Gulf Cartel drug trafficking was bringing in billions of dollars. Well, we know. We know people that all of these are bringing in billions of dollars. And um, this cartel actually maintain their network by engaging in political corruption and bribery bribery as a means to keep officials on side. So um, on their side, imagine that. Oh my, I don't even want to go into that part. So originally Juan Garcia Abrego led this particular cartel, the Gulf Cartel, um, and he was the first one to ever be included on the FBI 10 most wanted. But lo and behold, Mr. Juan was arrested in 1996, and he's jailed for life. And then his heir, Ociel Cardenas Gillian, um, or Guillen, built up the cartel's military wing. He recruited a number of corrupt special forces um, soldiers, pushed an even more violent approach, and eventually the soldiers go rogue, but that's a story for later. So Cardenas was arrested in 03 and serving 25 years in jail. And then along comes his brother, um, Ezekiel Cardenas Guillen, um, who is the leader, but he was killed in a shootout with Mexican troops in 2010. So at that point, the cartel split into multiple fractions with different leaders. Um, so it's been weakened as a result, um, and they're engaged in turf war. So along comes Los Zetas cartel, which is also in the Northeast in Mexico. This group, you guys, was founded by corrupt members of an elite unit of Mexico's special forces. So those special forces that I mentioned that were part of the Gulf Cartel are now in the Los Zetos, or Zetas. So there's more than 30 ex-soldiers that are in um, from the Gulf Cartel, spit it out, Gulf Cartel, and now are part of Los Zetas. Um, the two cartels 
Los Zetas and Gulf. So they've been clashing and they had been clashing and violently fighting in the northeast of Mexico's. But um, the Zetas became extremely um, well-known for their brutality and torturing and decapitating their victims. But by 2012, the Zetas had reached the peak of their powers. So um, they were named the country's biggest drug gang, overtaking the Sinaloa. So they were up above the Sinaloa, which I keep saying is the one that's really uh, actually in everybody's um, lenses, so to speak, right now. Um, and then the Zetas actually were known to operate more than half of the Mexican states, but that's different now. So they moved beyond drugs. Los Zetas moved beyond drugs in any crime that brought them money. So they would, you know, smuggle cigarettes and then human trafficking, human trafficking, Oh boy, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because if you paid attention to my previous episodes about human trafficking, boy, oh boy, I get off the hook passionate. So later in 2012, the leader of Los Zetas was killed in a shootout with the Mexican Navy. His replacement, Miguel Angel Trevino Morales, was captured. And then his younger brother, Omar Trevino, took over, but he was caught in 2015. So that marked the beginning of the decline. So the lack of leadership caused Zetas to splinter and allowed rival groups to assert dominance. And this all comes to fruition or um, all the information is found by different organizations or um, that in America, these organizations focus on studying the gangs and the cartels. So they have a pulse, so to speak, on what's going on in Mexico. So Zetas lost ground um, to the Jalisco cartel. And Jalisco expanded to their East Coast territory. And then there were internal divisions, but it still remains a dangerous force. So imagine these cartels, they start building and building and they recruit and they recruit and they, they um, threaten, they kill, you know, let's say they threaten family members if certain people don't hop on board and help, which I read about that. So they acquire people by, um, again, recruiting, but also kind of holding a threat over them. So I don't even know, like, the youngest in a cartel, and I'm going to dive into that because I want to see, you know, I'm thinking, oh, my God, like 10, 11, 12, and, which is super, super sad. So that that is a wrap for this super Sunday, a wonderful Sunday, and um, this added bonus episode. Catch me tomorrow because it's going to be Magnificent Monday, and I'll continue on my mini-series about the cartels and drugs. I appreciate you so much hopping on, listening, and if this is the first time that you have, hit the follow so you can get a notification when the next episode comes out. People, keep on learning. Learning is truly the essence of life, and also please, please take care of yourself one life, one time. We will catch you on the flip side. Peace out.